This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. All right, we're back. Another edition of the Winning Plays Podcast is here. My name is Brian Robb, bringing in the big guns as co-host today, Chris Forrest. Oh, I don't know about that. I mean, this is as big as it gets on the Winning Plays Pod. Chris Forsberg, NBA, NBC Sports Boston. Um... Usually people Wait. only call people only call now when like Rob has a, a big night or a big moment. It's like, oh, we're doing a we're doing a Rob episode. We should we should get Forsberg. Otherwise, it's uh, my my phone doesn't ring. I don't take it personally. That didn't even come to my mind here as I as I contacted <laughs> you. So I'm offended by that. And to be no, fair right. to Rob, he probably didn't even get officially get official block there because it, was, I, I never checked the box. Did it? What did they? Uh, I I didn't look, but I assume. Time had expired before the shot was released, so I don't. It was he- very close. Rewatching it, I, re- I remember remarking, "I wonder if he even got it off." I think he did, but it, at that point, it's not like they sit there and review it and go back because it's like it's just whatever. Game's over anyway. But uh, yeah, that and like Jalen when Jalen did the the uh, fronting and beat in the post, I don't know if he got credited with the block on the was it Shake who drove or something like that. Yep. Um, you know, so, but, uh, you know, I had, I remember someone on Twitter was like, Hey, did he get a block? I never went back and looked, uh, it was, look, that's the bottom line. Celtics played good enough defense that I don't even care if someone got credited with a block or not. It, uh, that's, uh, it's, it's, it's a rare positive edition of the winning plays podcast. Well, let's oh, go. wait, maybe not. I mean, <laughs> hold on, hold, hold the fork there. No. All right. Um, I that was as, my as I'm, as I'm checking through the box score to see if that happens, but let's, let's start with the defense there. Cause that's, there's a lot of things. We don't know about this team as they've gotten fully healthy here. One thing we seem to know now, and you know what? You're right. 0.1 seconds here in the box score that he is. Rob did get that block. So I, so you win. Good job, NBA. NBA, keeping it right. Um, keeping Chris Forsberg happy. <laughs> the, the defense here is, I think we're, the Celtics are up to fifth overall in the league after that. Slug. And, I don't, I, and we're kind of, are, are we back to 90s basketball here with the Celtics or like early <laughs> 2000s, which, you know, it, it, it's, it's a nice change of pace here, but it's not easy on the eyes um, in Don't terms know. Of, uh, of quality last night of what uh, a slugfest would be a nice way of putting it. But I guess this is like these were the games that they were losing last year. Like they would, you know, they they couldn't even get the stops in these instances when the offense would always go down. So now at least they're they're getting the stops when it matters, at least some of the time progress right like and but i'm with you i think i've used the word rock fight like 94 times this season because they're all just like horrifically horrifically awful to watch 92 to 88 type games and uh it would be fun if the celtics could could play better offense and i think they they're gonna have to to do anything this season um this sort of defense even in the playoffs will only take you so far but um what i liked is what have we talked about like all season is that when they've needed to make a play to win a game, they haven't been able to do it. And especially that's mostly offensively. Like the, the sets have not been good. They have like devolved to isolation basketball, but last night they dug in. And I think we all had that sinking feeling like, Oh my God, they were up four with 30 seconds to go. Are they going to blow this thing? And that defense on the final play was as crisp a possession as they've played all season long. I mean, from Al hounding Tobias out to the midcourt circle so that they can't get to the, to Embiid who, you know, is trying to work Jalen in the post to um, smart staying with Seth Curry to Rob scrambling out and after being diligent in protecting the paint, like 
everything went right. And it's just another, uh, you know, it's so funny. Like the final offensive possession was so bad and hammers home why the offense is so bad. And then the final defensive possession was so good and hammers home why they're so good defensively. And so I, I hope, I hope they can find some semblance of uh, I don't, I, but I don't know. I, I want to throw that back at you. How do they fix this offense? Like what, what is the key? I, I know I said we were going to be positive here and it took one question for, for me to swing it, but like, what are they, what can they, what is the easy fix to get, get making this offense look better? Well, benching the guy that's shooting 41% from three on the season probably wasn't, didn't help mm-hmm. um, on Wednesday. And that's Romeo Langford, um, who isn't obviously a, an offensive juggernaut by any means, but he is, he is sitting threes. Second best catch and shoot guy on the team behind right. Grant Williams. Right. And so if you're, you're, Benching your other two guys, understandably so, and Pritchard and Neesmith for the time being. If 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 Langford's the odd guy out now, I mean, we can we can kind of we'll punt this to later in the pod now in terms of like big picture, like what's what's going to go on here as as trade season approaches. He'll, he'll but, and just, but just we'll spoil it real quick. He'll be back. Like Ennis is yeah. going to play big minutes every night. I, but I don't know like they're playing Utah Friday. That's white side there, so that that's like a classic canter. And Imagine. if they're going double big, they gotta they gotta have another right. big man. So all right, maybe I walk that back. But I, yeah. I do think there's I think in on a normal night, especially when you have two back to backs coming up, I do think we'll see Romeo a little bit more. I think he'll go to ten instead of nine. Right, I agree with that. But it, it was it was jarring just to see a guy that the one guy who had been consistent for them mm-hmm. all year long in that spot get the DMP coach decision. And again, a matchup like that's a that's what you have canter for essentially of the, of those. Can, can I tell you a funny story before before we go? Freedom, right, so, excuse me. So, so I have to uh, I have to do those WebEx hits in the third quarter where I like to, I, t- I typically I go into a night I'm like let's see what happens like I'll have an idea, but uh, like so last night I had kind of two things in my head, you know Josh Richardson from the mid range who has been like just electric even though I hate that shot. I was like, maybe we'll we'll spotlight that against yeah. his old team. Maybe, and then he bricked like three mid range jumpers in the, in the first twelve minutes. I was like, all right, well we're not doing that. And I was like, well, there's always Romeo because Romeo's defense has been outstanding, and now you're getting the benefit of at least a catch and shoot guy on a team that desperately needs people who can knock down shots. And of course, he gets a DNP. So I was like, damn it, what do I do now? So what'd you go with? What'd you go? I, I, I ended up doing Marcus Smart, which was great because I mean he had the seven. I think he had seven assists through the first uh, let's see, twenty six minutes of the game. Uh, and right before we're waiting to come on and do the hit. He turned the ball over like three times in four possessions. And I said, man, can I, I'm not, I just can't get this one tonight, you know, like, uh, but we, we still had fun with it. I want to give you the same quiz. I gave Abby uh, Jason Tatum is obviously his most common assist on the season. Tw- I think like 28 this year. Yep. Do you know who his second is and second and third uh, for smart? I would say Rob would be second. Obviously if I'm bringing it up, it's yeah, Rob. Rob. Then, then who's number and three? Then, I was surprised by three. Who's number three. It is Schroeder. Ooh, it's not. It, it's Schroeder like fifth. Um, it's Grant Williams. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and again, like it, it shows right. the benefit of Marcus hasn't doesn't have a lot of dudes to pass to, and uh, it, it, that connection has worked. What I thought interesting, I, I didn't have time to get this in, was that Jalen's like super low. Now that makes sense somewhat because he's missed eight games and with the right. hamstring and hasn't been himself. But last year, the Marcus to Jalen assist combo was like until Jalen got hurt, it was one of the best in the NBA. And it's weird that they haven't figured that out yet this year, but it's just weird because Jalen's not himself and really hasn't looked at himself since that opening night. So uh, they've, they've something they've got to figure out, but, but yeah, I, I totally derailed this conversation. You, you were talking about the offense. No, I mean, you, you just brought Jalen. So I think that's a good place to start with the offense right now. I mean, Tatum, Tatum's situation is what it is. Like he's seeing doubles. Like he's not shooting mm-hmm. efficiently. 
it's this case for a lot of guys around the league right now. I don't think that's really, yeah, like J- Jason play better. Like, okay, like that's, I don't think that, I think that's eventually going to happen, but I don't, I don't think that's necessarily something you harp on in terms of like the, the offensive structure. Jalen Brown's a, the far more interesting situation right now with, from the standpoint of, do you, do you sit him back down for a little bit right now? Because that, that's pretty much your only option here. You're not, you're not going to do it. I mean, he's, you're not going to reduce his role or anything if he's playing, I feel like. So right. do, or do you just, you say, okay, you just got to keep, if he wants to keep going through and he, and he insists that like, Hey, like I want, I'm getting better, even though it doesn't look like it. Like yeah. what's, I don't know what the push and pull of that situation is. I mean, and the other thing is, and like selfishly, I think about this with every guy who is out there. Does he have a, another playing time clause in there? Like he triggered it last year, getting mm. 65 games before he shut down. And um, well, I think that was Jalen wanted to stay out there. But I also think you're acutely aware of when you're going to get a million extra dollars. And like, yeah. it's just part of it. And and anyone who says that's that's ridiculous for a guy who makes that much money, it, it matters. I'm just telling you, it does. And um, so if he's got another 65 game trigger in there, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to play. I don't know what the balance is. Uh, I think through three quarters last night, I said he shouldn't be out there, uh, especially when he uh, when he when he smoked up when Rob had the huge block that was like an outlet pass and he missed the layup and he just didn't have any explosion. That's when I said, man, you know, that, I, that's just not Jalen Brown. Uh, but then he, I, him against Embiid was unbelievable in that fourth quarter. And I said, he's at least trying. And, right. you know, I don't know what the balance is there. And, uh, you know, it might just have to be an eyeball test. Like, I'd be really surprised if he plays both nights of the back-to-backs. And so do you trot him out there against his best friend, Spider Mitchell, and try to get as much as you can in Utah and then ramp him down against Portland when they'll be shorthanded? Or do you do you play him against? I don't know. You know, it's, 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 it's probably going to be up to Jalen to decide um, if he wants to be out there. But I do think they have to at least think about, you know, if he just doesn't look himself and if the only way to get this thing better is to, is to ramp him down, you know, the one thing I keep thinking about too, is you look at the, when are the breaks in the schedule two days before that LA series, you shut him down for the next two games. You're getting almost a week um, to rest him up before that LA game. So yeah, I don't know. It's a, it, 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 there's no easy decision, especially when you're in the predicament the Celtics are where every game matters and every game this month matters. So uh, it's hard to kind of, kind of gauge. Would you, if you were email, would you play him? I play him for, I wouldn't play the back to back for sure. Mm-hmm. I would, I probably, he's got a good history in Utah. Let him play in Utah. Yeah. Um, he'll probably, you know, he likes hitting dagger threes out there. Um, oh, I forgot about that. That's right. right. Yeah. Um, one of his coming out moments. Yeah. That was, those, those, that was like that crazy trip, you know, post Kyrie injury that when was when his first year there. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a push and pull there. It's good to see him. I mean, he's not forcing it too much, I think, offensively. But like you said, it's, there have I mean, been times. There have time. like, That's true. Like, it's I, I, there are times when I've literally yelled at the TV to to, to move the ball. Like, there, yeah. it's a little too. I'm trying to, and I get it. I'm trying to get myself going, but yeah. But I, I understand your point. There, again, in the fourth quarter last night, I thought he got more deferential, and I think he's realizing that if he just doesn't have it, he has to do that. Right, and that was, you know, that was something where that the awareness of those guys coming into play more as they kind of figure out this offense and figure out what, you know, he may wants in those type of situations. Um, that's coming more full circle and that, that should help this team in the long run. But yeah, I'd say play him in Utah. You know, you probably can play Portland, you know, you know, beat Portland now pretty comfortable, you know, not, that's not an easy game in Portland, but Lillard's out there. So you, yeah, I mean, that's certainly a game that you, you, you need to win on this trip to have it be a successful trip. And now that everyone's back, you, you have the luxury 
of getting away without having Jalen right. and still having, you know, a very capable guy, Romeo Langford. You don't even have to go down to Neesmith. You can just say, oh, yeah, Romeo, you're playing. Or you could go to Neesmith. I mean, right. or you could wild. go. Yeah, you go to both like, You go out and, like, you know, Pritchard, hey, it's in Portland, baby. Go, go score 90 Ooh, points. The, the, um, the, the rejuvenation process for Peyton Pritchard. You have <laughs> to play in that game. You'd think so. You'd think that'd be. He may, given his roots there, would, would at least give him a shot, at least for a first abstinent. But yeah, that that's that's a tough one um, from a, whether that's the medical staff or Ime or even, you know, mm. where the front office gets involved there being like, hey, let's, you know, we're, we're, we're not liking how Jalen's looking right now. Let's just like. And they did tread cautiously the first time around with this thing. I yeah. thought that was that was way more of an ex- of a break than we thought he'd get, especially when he started talking about you know potentially coming back that Monday night or whatever of the uh, of that of that road trip. Um, so yeah, as as, as painful it is, as it might be to have to to weather without him, they know how to do it, and it doesn't it doesn't really impact you too much defensively. You do wish he had that offensive weapon, but I think long term they need him upright, and uh, so whatever they got to do because. He was really good at the start of that first game. And even that first really week, I thought he, you know, he had his moments, but um, yeah, they got to find out how to get that, get Jalen back to that, that all-star level. Do you know, just speaking of minutes in general, do you know where Tatum ranks in the NBA in minutes right now? So it was like fourth for a while behind like Randall and I'm trying to think who else was on there. Uh, I remember doing this, this earlier in the year. at one point, the Celtics, because of all those overtime games had, uh, I don't know if it was Brown, maybe Tatum Smart and someone else was in there. Schroeder? I don't know. Uh, but I don't know. Is, is he still high? Is he still fourth? Uh, try second. Second Whoa. in the NBA right now. That's kind of crazy. So. He made Thibodeau out here. Uh, right. Run, is, is it Julius Randle number one? No. It's someone you'll never guess who's number one. He's at 38.3 minutes. He's in the Celtics division. The Celtics faced him recently. In the last week, last week Brooklyn, uh, the, the 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 kid they called up from the G League from from uh from Brooklyn. No, even, no, no. Uh, the Celtics played him on Sunday actually in Toronto. Toronto, Toronto. Oh, wait, 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 I'm not even sure who, who Van Vliet. Van Vliet, yeah, it's averaging 38 minutes a game. That's crazy. <laughs> That's nuts. Um, but it's not only so Tams at 36.6 too. Anthony Edwards, three. Someone I would never have guessed to be three there, Yeah, too. I wouldn't have guessed that either. Westbrook's, whatever, you know. Right. Westbrook's four. Bridges, five. So, <laughs> I mean, right. I mean, this is – that's a whole different can of worms we'll get into later. Um, but, what, what, there's no Knicks in the top five anymore? What happened? Yeah, Did I don't know what saw? happened to Randall here. I was going to say, he was he was number one for, like, the first 15 games of the season. He's down to 16, 35.2. Wow. Tibbs, Tibbs. Tibbs. A, a softer, gentler Tom Thibodeau. No. I, I would have – good thing he didn't play that game. I would have I would have been terrible at that one. Family feud style, we would have uh, – I would have been buzzered out really early. But – so you have their team there. And then not too far out of the top 20 is Marcus Smart as well. Yeah. And so as Ime, you understand this in the last couple of weeks as – this team was trying to get its footing. I feel like, you know, Ime, no surprise, leaning hard on the veterans, um, mm-hmm. hard on the guys he could trust here. But as, especially as we go forward in this trip now, and you just look at the numbers, not, I mean, Tam is a different category, but, but smart. I mean, like, I mean, smart's obviously valuable, but like, is he definitely playing 35 minutes a night valuable? Like when you're at full strength, like not just for, from a offensive perspective, or just being like, Hey, rest Marcus a little bit. He's someone who yeah. gets hurt a lot. Like, so, and, and you have again, guys on the bench who are willing to play. So I wonder what the balance is going to be, what you would, 
what you'd want to see from that standpoint, from a coaching standpoint on this trip here and balancing, obviously going for these wins and an important stress versus not leaving the other guys to just whatever G league practice action for the next month. And unfortunately, I think it's just this, this, this stretch is so vital for them to prove to, to Brad and maybe to themselves that they're going to be contenders that I don't see a throttle down coming down and down anytime soon. Again, maybe on those back-to-backs, you stretch the, the, the rotation out a little bit, but like I, I'm figuring Tatum's going to play, you know, you heard Brad even allude to it on the radio this morning when they were talking about Jason, he's like, well, Jason plays and Jason compete. And like he, and what he means is Jason has no choice. Like they, right. he's one of the only healthiest dudes who's played every game. Him and Grant, I think are the only guys that have played them all. And they, they, they've just got to play because you need them so much for your offense right now. And I don't know when his first break will come, um, you know, maybe if they're lucky enough to win a couple games and get a four game winning streak, maybe you can find a day on a back to back. Uh, you know, maybe you look for an opponent who is a little undermanned like the Lakers. I don't know, you know, but, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's a no, delicate, no chance he takes days off in December. Like there's just no, there's no, no easy and, game and that's what I'm that saying. <laughs> and, and I, yeah, like I'm trying to think what the first possible day off they have, like, I mean, even I'd sort of circled Minnesota at the end of the month and now Minnesota's playing yeah, Minnesota, good. So right. I, I, you know, I don't know, maybe you leave them home on a, on one of those random one-off trips or whatever, but uh, there's going to be no easy spots here uh, to, to find it. Even Marcus, you know, it all depends on how Schroeder's playing too. Like Schroeder wasn't great for the first, most of last night. And then, you know, had the, the, the crunch time buckets when, when they needed them and then had one really bad crunch time possession, but um, or was it two? I don't even remember at this point. He had but, one, yeah, he had one bad one where he just had they threw up the air. I ball mean, the whole team. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't hold bad possessions against players because they're all bad possessions at times with this team. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I wish I had an answer for you there. I, I, I would say uh, that I hope these guys got their cardio in because uh, in order to look up on January first and and give Brad Stevens the confidence not to start dealing away pieces, I think they have to be you know, probably 10 and five in December. And that's going to be tough as hell. But so let's say it's a middle of the road December then. And they go, which honestly for them, where they're at is not the worst thing in the world, given how tough this schedule, if they can, you know, I'd say even a two and three West coast trip is like fine. Given Mm -hmm. the level of competition there, if you can, you know, you beat the Blazers, you beat the Clippers and you're competitive in those, other games like that would be I, I, I guess acceptable that's, that's the key in, in for me is just like competitive if they get their doors yeah. blown off and, and they're eight and seven this month then i'm feeling less optimistic coming out you know i guess the the one thing that could save them is if the rest of the easter conference is just a jumbled mess they might still be you know fifth sixth in the easter conference even with the 500 month but it, it just comes down to all right already got your doors blown off by the nets you uh, had to go to overtime against the uh, a Bucks team that didn't have Giannis Middleton or Lopez yeah. <laughs> and uh, even Philly, you know, like, all right, like I mean, that wasn't the Philly you're going to see like Joel Embiid, I'm assuming is not going to, going to go three it's for like 16. One of his worst seven. games ever. Right. And I think some of that is COVID. I do think some of it is give the Celtics some credit there. Their defense has been great, but um, like if, if I'm trying to slot where the Celtics sit in the East right now um, because of their offensive struggles, I'm not, overly bullish right now and i do think you know it's going to come down to when you start to look up and you know what, what's the plan are you digging in and just riding this thing out or are you just gonna you know ride it out with Schroeder when you know there's no path to retaining him are you taking josh richardson into next year or into the summer um i just think they have a lot of hard decisions and uh they have to have a good december to make it easy for brad to to make that decision 
Well, given this team's track record, nothing's going to come easy in terms Ever. of like making that, <laughs> making a decision. Let's take a break to talk about our sponsor, Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs here. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action this year. You can head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on the first deposit. You can use our promo code CONS50 to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the rest of the 2021 season. Bet online where the game starts. But yeah, so let's let's play it out though. If you are Brad Stevens here, it's you don't get the clarity. It's a 500 month. Oof. You're still like you're still again the East is still wide open. Like the Nets and the Bucks, maybe they separate themselves a little bit, but everyone else with Miami, the injury to Bam, right? You know, Chicago comes back down to earth. Everyone else is like kind of in two three games with each other. So. In theory, you could go in either direction. I terms- pull the plug. You pull the plug. Yeah. So, and you just pull it with the veterans, or are you pulling it with like even maybe moving some of the younger guys as part of a you know a bigger deal? Like, what's where, where do you look to do? So, I guess it all depends on the, like what the landscape is. Are there big names that become available? Are there is there a disgruntled veteran that you're like, okay, you know, we're not going to be in the Bradley Beal hunt. Let's actually make a pursuit for this. I got you know, but that's going to ha- take a lot of stuff lining up. Right. I, I think my big fear is that they don't make a decision in January or February. They're just like, all right, let's just see how this goes. And then we get to April, May, you're bounced in round two or, or earlier. And all of a sudden you didn't turn Schroeder into anything. You still got to figure out Al and Richardson. And like, you didn't develop your young guys. Like I'm worried that this is how teams stay on the sort of middling path. Like you don't, you've got to sometimes make tough decisions to, to figure out how to advance forward. You have to sometimes go backwards to go forward. And so, you know, like, look, if the, if over the next 25 days, the offense looks great and, or at least shows some sort of improvement, I'm, I'm fully willing to, to like be all on board on them, them going for it. Um, if it doesn't, and again, I think you look up and you just have to be honest with yourself. Now, here's what I like. Brad Stevens didn't mess around in whenever it was May, June, when he traded Kemba. And that was that was hard for him. And I know we can look now and say, oh, that was like, you know, what a, what a trade. He made the right move. But like in the moment, that wasn't an easy, necessarily an easy decision. And he did it with the idea of trying to free up whatever comes next. And, you know, the, the fact that Al has been great has just been a bonus. Right. But, you know, okay he's going to have to make the same sort of bold decision by probably mid January. And, you know, that might mean, you know, what kind of market do your guys have? Like is Marcus, your point guard of the future is uh, you know, like what, what, what pieces work with the Jays, you know, even if it's just clearing veterans so that Neesmith and Pritchard can actually play and figure that part of it out. Like something that Danny Ainge probably should have done to coach Brad Stevens into playing them, it <laughs> might need to be done for him with Ime. And so, you know, it, and, and like, look, I know that's a, it's not a fun outlook, but it's just a realistic one and one that teams aren't willing to face. And I do think, you know, I hope Brad's a little bit more realistic with what he wants to do because otherwise, you know, we come back next year and it's, it's this year 2.0 where we'll, okay, maybe add somebody, but it, where are we going? What, what are we doing? And uh, you know, there's a lot of question marks. It's funny as you're as you're just kind of laying that out, and I'm like just thinking about what they have and what what this team has looked like this year. Something 
just came to my mind. If you are going to pull the plug, like a name that you should absolutely be trying to shop at the deadline as like an impact player. Oh, Horford. Yeah. I mean, I mean, talk about value never going to be higher. Um, I even saw, I think we saw a little bit of regression on that last trip. I thought he wasn't great. Uh, in they like went right at oh, him. He, he cost him that. I mean, that was, that was EMA's like, and he learned from it the next day. Right. Kind of like, all right, we're going to ride the bench. We're going to ride if, you know, freedom was obviously much better in that game than, than Horford. I love that you, I love I you got it right on the first I got, I got the, no, no, no. I, I've, I've messed that up five times already. <laughs> you haven't been listening. Um, but yeah, so that's, I mean, that, that was a, you know, Horford's been amazing. And then nights like, like Wednesday night against the Sixers where he's bringing it defensively. That's fantastic. But, but first it, off, is, okay, and, and, and again, this is this is a winning plays pod from January. But one is anyone trading for Al Horford? And this two, Al Horford, yes, I think yeah. I, if, if you want an impact player, again, it it depends. Are the Celtics going to get value for him? No. Are right. the Celtics going to be able to deal him if he's playing like this for another month? Can I you think, imagine yes. that? Conver- can you imagine that conversation though? And maybe maybe it changes. Maybe if you're if you are middle of the road, Alex, just like hey, I want to go. I'm 35. I just want I want a chance here to to compete. Right. You know, after all the failures and or or you know coming up short in Atlanta and obviously Boston not working out, Philly and ev- all that. So you know, I, I totally get like why he'd potentially be be in on it. But also, <laughs> he really likes it here. And you're like, hey, big guy. Uh, so we're training you to Philly, or I don't know, like whoever the, yeah, hell, right. they, I mean, whoever the hell they're gonna they, some they, some they, team out. West, some team out. I feel like there is some Get team. Some good that weather, can, right? I mean, the Bulls. The Bulls probably like, yeah, we'll we'll take out Horford. That's that's. <laughs> they our, need more big men. They need more big men in the middle <laughs> next to Boos. Um, yeah, I mean, it is it is when you go. There is no clear cut being like that team is an Al Horford away from being, you know, uh, right. a clear cut contender. But at the same time, if he keeps playing like this, and if it's a weak trade market, like yeah, Al Horford would be a, a very appealing team on player to a, a lot of teams around the league, and so. But you're right. Is is Brad Stevens going to be quote unquote heartless enough to be like, hey, Al, welcome back. Yeah. Huge part of our plans here. Uh, actually, I, it had to be part of the conversation when he came here too. Like that he just had to be realistic. Like, yeah, hey, we're hoping this thing works out, but if it doesn't, there's going to be hard choices and your salary. Part of the reason we traded for you, like the, the big banner we're waving when it happens is that future flexibility and doing. So I do think he's got to at least be aware of it. I think part of the reason he's playing so hard is he wants it to work here. Yeah. Um, and I, I, and you know, again, I just I know we we default to 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 maybe that's I'm I'm leaning more towards that being the more likely path than the other just based on what I've seen but um yeah you know I, I also somewhat feel like look he's played way above what I expected right now and I don't know if that's sustainable and uh, it, that that game against San Antonio sort of showed it there's just gonna be nights where you know the the, the the these don't move as quick as they did against against Philly when you have a little extra motivation so. Uh, it could be a little bit more of a roller coaster, and you know, even with his minutes, I'll be interested to see what they do on the trip yeah. trip and back to backs. And like, look, we knew coming in that that was a thing. That first question, one of your first questions, that was like, "Are you playing back to backs <laughs> this year?" Because it was legitimately a good question. You know, who knows? And I think he's playing more the most of the last like four or five years. To be honest, I'll look at his numbers right now, but like, crazy. it is, it is crazy. And but he has been surprisingly consistent. So at, at the same time. And the fit is there with Jalen and, and, and Tatum. Mm-hmm. And obviously you don't want to pay him this much, but like, is he someone, you know, if you, if you still can't get absolutely anything for him in a deal, then it's like, all right, maybe you do keep, you know, just kind of write it out next year just to have him as a, a trade yep. chip for a, a, a big 
a big deal down the line if it materializes. And if it doesn't, and Al Horford wants to play for, you know, a couple million dollars a year for however long he wants to play for after his, his contract expires, um, you know, that, that might not be the worst thing in the world either. The, the, the crazy part is I think his guarantee date isn't until the, dr- the, the yes. cut down date next year, but I'm, I'm telling you, there's no way there, there, there will be a, re- that would be there. If, if I'm Al Horford's agent, I am not <laughs> going into next season with that date. I guarantee it'll move and that a firmer uh, path will be declared before that point. So this, I think the Celtics, are, you know, I, I'm fine with the, if they do, if they wait to the summer, but before the start of next season, you know, it's going to either be, you find a trade that involves Al or you just, cut and eat the money and that's not ideal either or uh, you know I, I guess there's always path c is like you just bring them back and and ride it out for 26 or whatever and it's not yeah. the worst thing depending on what your, the structure of your team is um but yeah it's just um you know again it all comes down to asset management and if you're not an elite contender you need to maximize every chip you've got because that's one thing the Celtics have not done over the last four years and um so yeah that's going to mean mean some tough decisions it is. And I mean, if you, if you are talking about flexibility, if that's what they're, and especially going into next summer where I think only like four teams in the NBA have legitimate cap space as of now, that obviously can change in a hurry with, you know, some blockbuster deals as a deadline or teams just obviously throwing But there'll be out. no more attractive situation. Right. And, you know, so, and so could you take a floater on a, a restricted guy, you know, do the, yep. the Lonzo ball, you know, situation like there's, there's paths to like, and, and, and in that instance too, like there is a path where you, you still have Al and Jalen and Jason yeah. and maybe move on and, and Marcus and Rob and Neesmith and Pritchard and maybe Romeo. Um, and you, you can still get an $18 million dude. And it's just a matter of, is that the best? Is that enough? Right. You know, based on what we've seen is one more offensive weapon enough to push you over the top. Um, I don't know if I know the answer to that, to that yet. I suspect I do. I suspect they need, they need, a, they need something much more, but um we'll find out that's part of what the the learning process is this year and uh where the jays go from here so beyond we're talking about again the offense on this trip we've talked about the minutes already what else are you looking for on this trip whether it's from a coaching standpoint just an evaluation standpoint of the bench <sighs> like see. what's what else is there I just, I just think, like you said, you, you were like, you'd said that two and three would be an okay trip. And I don't disagree. Like in general, I think these are these West coast trips, you look at how teams fare on it. Like Atlanta went West early in the season and got their doors blown off and they're like a really good team. They came back home and it's like, they figured it out. The Celtics found that out uh, when they were down there. And so, you know, how do the Celtics respond? Again, I think the, the availability of players will help no LeBron no McCollum. Like, you know, there's going to be some breaks that you maybe didn't anticipate going out there. Utah has been strangely bad at home this year. They lost to new Orleans and Memphis. Like they were 31 and five at home last year. And they've already got four home losses. And wow. it's just weird. Um, Cause that's like a, usually a really tough place to play just because of the, you know, Perk was saying it last night, not only everyone thinks about Denver, like Utah is just always a strange place to play. Uh, one, because the people are so damn rowdy. And then, um, there is atmosphere issues there too. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I think I want to see them. I mean, two game winning streak feels like about as good as it's gotten for this team. <laughs> How can you build off that? And I really, I just want to see the offensive progression. Okay. If you do have some better semblance of health and Jalen's the, the wild card and all that, do we start to see a little bit more 
uh, cohesion, especially from the bench group. If there's more, you know, firmness in their roles, like can Grant keep shooting as well as he had, as he has, if he's in a, in a diminished role, you know, what is, what becomes of Romeo if he does have nice where he's a DNP, you know, does freedom ring for even longer than, than what we've seen. And um, who else am I forgetting on the bench? Oh, like even Schroeder, you know, Schroeder's obviously kind of throttled down with less of a role, but if you, if you can bring Marcus's minutes down and bring him up and maybe there's, you find the balance there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, my biggest question, when, when you say coaching, I think my biggest thing with Ime is just, you know, late game execution still like offensively, they just got to get, I know he's following Brad Stevens and I hate to like nitpick, but like Brad had was it, at, at the end of the day, if they needed a play to at least get a good look, you know, he could drop something. Every ATO was at least, you know, I'm sure there was bad ones, but like, it felt like every ATO was a good one. And um, I just want to see him take strides. We know he may is a good enough coach to shake this team out of its early season gold drums and get them back to being a top five defense, which is again, the fact that they're fourth in the NBA, despite that miserable start is like truly, really? truly astounding. So what can, what can he do on the offensive side? Like did, did Will Hardy run offense in, 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 in San Antonio? So can, is there any offensive minded coaches can start Damon Stoudemire, maybe go get his playbook from, 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 from his playing days. I like, I just need one of these coaches to, uh, to sort of to, to embrace what they've got. And I know Tatum struggled and I know Jalen's hamstring, but uh, there's gotta be a way to get more uh, out of this group beyond even just kind of crossing your fingers that your star players can carry you. It's, it's interesting from that. It. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think that's it. I think the offense, cause I, I think it's a matter of if the offense doesn't show signs of coming together here, then I do think trades are coming, even if it's just addition by subtraction trades mm. in terms of taking, cause you, like you said, you, you know, you, you can check off a number of boxes by doing that both playing for the future and developing in the present and maybe getting some more offensively inclined or better yeah. fits as opposed to now where it's just you have a lot of defense first guys, which you might not need all of them. And if you're not going to be able to retain them regardless, then what can you get for them? What can you, what, and what doors is that open for your offense when, you know, one of them is somewhere else and someone else gets a chance in the rotation that, you know, defense is respectful a little more. So that's something where at least, you know, you'll be playing the teams that you'll get an adequate read on that stuff right in the next few weeks. But um, that's something where I, I, I want to say that needs to be taken care of. And, and with the late game stuff for Ime, like he seems, I mean, he's pretty anti timeout late in these games, which is fine. I guess when the game plan is just, to you're go not going to drop biggest, something that works. Right. Like, like, right just like, you know? like, go after the bigger but, defender, wherever it is. But um, if they're not calling, you know, if they're not getting the whistle in the game, you know, you, you, when things go awry in the middle of the possession, I lost like Schroeder, when you got stuck in the paint, like just call a yeah. timeout there. Just like, just bring it in. Especially when you have Brad was never there. afraid to call a timeout with like seven on the clock because he yeah. knew he could sketch something up that would negate that. And I, I want email to have that same confidence where, you know, sometimes you have to, to, to save your, your, your players from themselves. And so if they're not going to run a good set, if they're not going to find the right action, then, you know, then say, okay, here, we got seven seconds. Here's what we're doing. Uh, and don't call just an isolation elbow jumper <laughs> all right final question are you mad that rob might not be the close closing time five 
to, well, to all right, <laughs> all right. I didn't know you're gonna hurt feelings on this program today. Um, yeah, I was a little, I was, I was a little, uh, you know, I, I was a little rattled last night watching it. I do like that Rob can be okay with that and then go in there and be the hero on the final <laughs> play. So uh, I'll live with it. I do think it was maybe a little bit matchup based because yeah. you know you obviously they're, they're not going to put him in there. I mean, if you look, even looking at the defensive numbers this morning, it was crazy how much they protected him from having to go against Embiid. And we saw it last season, like you know he, he was a foul magnet and they couldn't keep yeah. him on the floor. And uh, credit to the staff, I thought they had you know it was a little mix of like everything that worked in the past, sending the the weak side defender to to like rattle Embiid and not get, get easy catches. But also like leaning on Horford and not letting Rob get in foul trouble. They clearly learned from the last few seasons. I feel like maybe Brad Stevens dropped in and said, "Email, hey, just a couple, couple of hints right here. Let me let me lay this out for you." Um, I think more often than not, Rob will be out there in those situations. But um, look, for a team that's anemic offensively, if you got to go offense defense, uh, you know that's where I want to use. That's where maybe you use your timeouts, right? Like if you're uh, if you want to get Schroeder in there for for an offensive set, fine. Uh, call timeout, draw something up, and uh, and see what happens. But I think more often than not, he'll be out there. Well, timeouts out. It better. Be. We're gonna find out Friday night. Salt Lake City. Uh, Chris Forsberg will not be on the ground. He will be. No, I almost was. I almost was. Almost I, was. I, I almost. I haven't. Still, the, the the gameless streak continues. I think you might see me eventually, but um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if. if if, if Utah was the place to, to dive back in, I'm trying to think, did you go to that, <laughs> did you go to that Brazilian steakhouse with us? Or was that just me and, and Jane? And no, uh, I, I heard about this one though. Yeah. I, I, I think it. it was Kelly Olenek approved. Uh, yes. There's a, like a random strip mall with a great Brazilian steakhouse and Jay ate something crazy like pig's ears or something like that, uh, which you shouldn't get at a Brazilian steakhouse, mm. but uh, I don't think anyone got sick. And uh, I do miss, I do miss Utah a little bit. Like that was great for summer league. Fantastic. Except for Gordon Hayward ruining. Uh, <laughs> our... Oh, let's end on this because this will be fun. Did you see uh, Gordon Hayward? So uh, I think we all still follow Gordon Hayward's wife on Instagram, and she posted something. One of their daughters put, uh, "If she had one wish, she would be to go back to Boston." And I had like fourteen Aww. people. I had, I had fourteen people slide into my mentions. And they're like, "Gordon Hayward wants to come back to Boston." I was like, "No." Uh, I think her name is Bernie. I'm like, Bernie would like to come back <laughs> to, to Boston. Uh, I, I do not think. Gordon Hayward would like to come back to Boston, but Boston sure needs a player like Gordon Hayward. Or for, for Hayward at the trade deadline. That's, that's the deal right there. You heard <laughs> it here first. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be amazing? And like Horford kind of makes sense for them. Right, it? It does. They, they need a big man down there. Uh, stay tuned for that. All right. Chris Forsberg, <laughs> NBC Sports Boston, breaking news about Hayward's desire to come back to town here on the winning plays pod. As we wrap up, um, we'll get back with you guys next week to They'll bring, real, they'll bring a real heavy hitter in for that one. Real heavy hitter. We'll see if, you know, Chris is able to see if he's got to take Kemba. We'll see how more. Rob does. Yeah, see how Rob does. Rob will want it. Chris will be checking in after each game if Rob uh, is in crunch time. So <laughs> stay for into that. Uh, in the meantime, rate, review, subscribe, winning place pod, and we will talk to you guys next week.